Welcome to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker and author of two best-selling books and the president of three financial companies. Everything that we've created, the different companies, the different divisions, has all kind of been born out of a need. You know, it's not necessarily saying, hey, uh, let's go do this. It's, it's more so saying, you know, where is the need that we see and where are some places that we can fill that need and add value? And then we've kind of created solutions around it. He's also been a guest on several national media outlets like CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. He is also a dedicated husband and father and a big supporter of several local and national charities. Now, it's time for the Wealth and Health Radio Show with your host, Michael Wall. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. And boy, I hope you're having a great week. Each and every week, Michelle joins us and we have uh, spectacular guests from all over the country, folks that are game changers, not only in the States, but also in the world globally. And Michelle, it's just been a lot of fun. I know this week uh, we're going to have some great things, talking about a lot of good stuff. Hopefully, folks that out there, as you listen, you can gain value. And uh, boy, a lot of political excitement going on, a lot of new things happening, a lot of things with markets. And uh, Mm -hmm. we want to make sure you're in the right spots. We're glad you tuned in and joined us. And as always, uh, our goal is to help you live well in any economy and have a good time during life and really add value to other folks. And that's really our goal with the show. If you've missed any previous shows or if you're a first-time listener, thank you for joining us. Uh, But if you've missed any previous shows, visit leanonthewall.com. That's always a place you can get a hold of us, leanonthewall.com. You can learn about ourselves, myself, Michael, uh, obviously in our firms. We have three companies financially, primarily helping folks protect and grow their wealth. And then if you want to click on radio and media, that'll take you to the place there uh, that you can listen to the shows, previous shows, and just learn more and have fun. So, Michelle, I know there's some things you wanted to jump into and talk about today. We got a great guest coming on a little bit later talking Mm -hmm. about living healthy and steps to live healthy. But uh, before we jump into that, I know there's some things you wanted to kind of discuss as we kick this off here this week. Absolutely. And I think that's great. And when you think about living healthy, Michael, a lot of times people look and, they, and they'll and they connect. And what they do is they, they find people who like to do the same things that they like to do. And mm. that helps really enjoy life and, and live longer. Now, Like running a 5K, like right? Like running a 5K, which I and, just finished my first one. And I know, weekend. Michelle, you know, quit bragging. You were bragging to me off air that you were first place <laughs> and like all these in front of everybody else. And, Let's right? just say I got a medal and yeah. I finished. So I'll so, say that. And I wasn't last. So, so it's the old participation award, right? It's the participation award. So if you, <laughs> I came in, I will say, probably middle of the pack, which was really good for me in my first 5K. So here's a question. Now, you're not a kid. You're an adult. Right. And, uh, you know, and all that. Young adult, I should say. But There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you got that participation award, how did that feel? You know, there's a lot of conversation talking about, mm-hmm. ah, you know, we shouldn't get participation awards today. And, and I kind of believe that, you know, they're, they're, we, we're taking some incentive away. I think there's some value to know who won and who lost. But what's your thoughts on that? You know what? It was interesting to, to go and you got your little medal that says I, I ran this race and, and that mm-hmm. was nice, but I, I'm not going to display that. That's not anything that I'm going to, you know, put on my mantle or put anywhere. Now, if I had made a record time or if I had come in first and I had done something that really was more than just finish, 
that yeah. would be different. I would have been posting that all over social media and yeah. putting that on a mantle and, and talking about that, bringing that into work. But, you know, I I set out to do a 5K. Like, I, yeah. I finished. That, that's good. That, I yeah. should, I, that should be the expectation. And there's no need to reward me for meeting my expectation. You know, and what, the one thing I thought about, the reason I share that is because I thought, you know, some of these nonprofits and charities and different things, you know, when they do runs like that or whatever and given medals, my thought is, geez, heck, I mean, keep the money, mm-hmm. don't buy the medal, and then you don't have to raise as much money next year. Right. Because you're not buying all these medals. Right. You know? I mean, they're not, I mean, it's not life and death as far as cost, but, you know, anything you give out costs money, right? So Exactly. Um, and we got know. a t-shirt. And I was fine with the t. I'll wear yeah, the no, t-shirt. Yeah, no, the t-shirt's cool because you can, you know, you're gonna wear that. You're gonna go to the gym and mm-hmm. practice for the next 5K, and right. people see it, and that's fine. I get that. You but know, but I'm what I mean? not gonna wear my medal with the t-shirt. That, that's no, you're not gonna wear the medal with the t-shirt. <laughs> if if you wear your medal, <laughs> folks out there on your treadmill with your your participation medal, <laughs> right? Uh, you got a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Anyways, we, we kind of jumped in the weeds there, but I had to bring that up. It was so fun. I, I heard you t- saying that and yes. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, it was interesting and it was, it was to go there. And you know, what was cool is I saw a lot of couples that were running together mm-hmm. in this 5k and that was great. Cause I was like, look, they both enjoy this. And, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting because I saw some couples that had a, a very interesting, like a distinct age difference. Yeah. And so there were some folks there that I was like, oh, running must have bought them together because age-wise, they don't look like they would have, uh, no pun intended, run in the same circles. Right. But, you know, it's interesting because then I started thinking, which tells me maybe I'm working a little too hard, about yep. retirement strategies and how people who are in different age groups that get together and they, they get married, but there's a distinct age difference, how they plan for retirement and what those strategies look like. Because even 10 years, chances are when you hit 65, you're going to want to retire. But if your spouse is 54, yeah. are they going to be ready to retire? And how do you plan for that? Well, that's a good question. It, it is funny, and it does let us know you're always thinking about work, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I guess, a good thing. It means you enjoy what you're doing, there so that's go. a good thing. But, you know, that is that is an interesting thought, Michelle, is uh, the age difference there and how do folks do that. You know, a lot of times, first off, that that's um, the first thing you need to be thinking through is if you are in a place where you're married, you know, what, am, how am I set up? God forbid, let's say my spouse predeceases me or I pass away, you know, I end up marrying someone else or whatever it may be, because, you know, sometimes that does occur. And then you have that age gap difference potentially with the next spouse. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, we, we don't know. So you need to kind of be thinking ahead of time. But now if you're in a situation where you are in a relationship that you do have that age gap difference, you know, it's interesting, uh, Michelle, there, there's different family dynamics. You have some family dynamics where um, the man is the one who kind of controls the finances and he, he's been the breadwinner and he, you know, he's the one that's kind of brought things to the table. And then you have other dynamics in families where the woman is the one who was the breadwinner and she's kind of controlled the finances and, you know, et cetera. In my opinion, age or not age gap difference or not, I think it's healthy. This is my opinion. I think it's very healthy, not only to the couple, to the relationship, um, to just, enjoying life in general, to be able to sit down and have a common conversation about that. That way no one feels in the relationship that they're 
unimportant or unnecessary. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think sometimes what can happen is when you have the age gap or when you have a financial gap, depending on who's taking care of things, you can have a spouse that feels unnecessary. And by the way, that's part of the process. When we sit down with folks and go through the process of, you know, a living well or a retire well review. And when we sit with folks, um, we're, we're kind of just saying, okay, listen, let's first off, look at your monies, right? And make sure your wealth and make sure you're set up in such a way that you can navigate any economy. Uh, then the next thing is, how are we set up in relation of transitioning that wealth? And then the next thing that we're going to talk about is, you know, what are some goals and dreams that we have? Because I think one great thing that I've seen over the years in helping families, whether they are close in age or whether they're, you know, have an age gap, Michelle, is that they're in a place mm -hmm. where they've had a they've had a healthy conversation mm -hmm. about what their goals are, what they really want to do, instead of living life in a way where they feel like, you know, okay. I don't control the money, so I got to ask, can I do this? Or, you know, that type of thing. It's, it's really, it feels like this is kind of a blended deal, but it feels a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, you feel like you're more on the same page as, as a couple. Um, now, if you're in a situation where, you know, there's a divorce or someone's passed away and now there's a new marriage with an age gap, well, now you need to have real serious conversations about what's going on with that money. Mm -hmm. You know, is this for the kids uh, how much are we going to allocate towards our current lifestyle now? That way there's never a feeling of, well, you know, he or she has all this money or whatever, but I only get to spend X amount, you know, and that can create friction in a marriage and a family mm -hmm. instead of coming together and saying, okay, what do we want to do with this? What does it look like? What are we trying to achieve with it? Okay. This amount's going to go to the kids. So it's not going to be quote unquote for us. Uh, what charities are we involved with? What do we kind of want to give to? What's our day-to-day -day look like? And having all those conversations. And now you can effectively restructure and refit. That's a great time, by the way, when you have a new something new that happens in life. Whether you move, get remarried, have someone pass away, mm -hmm. you know, look to transition to a next generation, uh, retire from a job. These are all what I call triggers. Mm-hmm as reasons of why you need to sit down, and there's others, but why you need to sit down and have a second set of eyes on what you're doing. Very important, I think. Yes, and, and I think that's key what you mentioned there. Have a second set of eyes on what you're doing. And a lot of times people, you know, they may get a little funky about that, but that is able to help somebody who is impartial be able to take a look. And Michael, I know that's what you and the entire team does is there's an impartial second set of eyes that's able to take a look and, and do some advising. And, you know, as we're talking about the different age ranges, there's also dealing with the different market cycles. And yeah. I think that would be key to talk about as well. Well, there are market cycles and, you know, we've had conversations and uh, in the past and in the future, we're going to have some as well uh, with folks in the, in the real estate markets and in other markets and, you know, everything, everything out there cycles, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have the markets in general that cycle, you have cycles in oil and gas, you have cycles in real estate, physical hard assets, you have cycles in, you know, healthcare costs. I mean, there's, there's virtually cycles in everything. So, it's important to sit down and say, okay, where is my money now? What am I currently doing? And, you know, if I've connected with one of those triggers, uh, whether I'm getting ready to retire, or I've gotten remarried or I had a spouse pass away, or, you know, I've entered a new age bracket, you know, I went from 59 to 60, went mm -hmm. from 60 to 65, you know, whatever it may be, these are all good times to say, you know what? Okay. I'm at a different stage, a different phase. I need to think about how my investments are currently set up. And what's actually going on with my monies? Uh, because, listen, big fancy reports are great, 
There's nothing wrong with doing math and doing analysis. But at the end of the day, what really matters is what's going to happen to that monies if the markets do turn over and what are the monies designed to do? So, so that's important. Very really important. giving it purpose, giving mm-hmm. it purpose, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. And making sure that that purpose will be able to work for you. Let me give you the phone yeah. number so you can get in touch with Michael and the team. It's 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. Again, on the web, we're at leanonthewall.com and that phone number, 866 943 51. Stay tuned. Coming up next on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. We talked about the wealth. Now we're getting into the health. How do you have a healthy lifestyle? We're going to talk about that on the way next. Hey, folks. Michael Wall here. Those of you who know me are aware that I'm a strong believer in the American dream. Success through hard work. But I also believe in giving back, and that's why I'm constantly on the lookout for organizations that improve the lives of those who need our help the most. And one of those organizations is the March of Dimes. The money raised by the annual March for Babies helps moms right here locally have healthy, full-term pregnancies. It also funds research to find solutions to the problems that threaten our babies. If you believe, as I do, that every baby deserves a fighting chance, then please join me in supporting the March of Dimes in whatever way you can. Find out how by going to marchforbabies.org. Thanks for joining us on the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and each week, obviously, you hear us interviewing a variety of different guests and sharing thoughts and insight to help you really live well in any economy and in life. And typically, we're hearing from different high-level performers, entrepreneurs, those who have mastered their craft, C-level executives, leaders in the coaching field, as well as really a lot of different doctors and holistic experts from around the world. And today, we're interviewing Linda Butler. She really has a degree in naturopathic medicine and also nutrition, and she is the owner of the Blend Bistro, as well as VibrantBodyHealth.com. We're also joined by my wife, Samantha, but we're talking about this segment, this show, you're going to want to stick with us the whole show because we're going to talk about the idea of eating healthy and the value that that has to the body. So, Linda, let me just start with welcoming you into the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be here and share some really great vital information with people about health and wellness. Great, great. And Sammy, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you didn't know, a little self-serving here, Sammy is my wife, Samantha. She's really been an advocate, really, of healthy eating and just kind of health, natural type things for years. And so, she is the one that made the connection with uh, Linda, and we're really excited to have her on because, you know, folks, we hear a lot in this country and really even in the world about the idea of eating healthy and, you know, why we should eat healthy and the benefits of it. And, of course, we're kind of a, you know, a lazy society if I think we look at ourselves honestly. In fact, one of the statistics I was reading here the other day I thought was quite interesting, uh, Linda and Sam, is Americans are now spending over $190 billion every year. 190 billion every year on fast food and there's over yeah 200,000 fast food restaurants in the United States again the goal here is not to bash fast food restaurants but the idea of life has gotten busy and the importance of living healthy has kind of left us even though as Americans as a culture we spend you know millions and millions billions if not really trillions of dollars every year on health related things and yet we end up being less healthy. I know, Linda, another statistic I saw that is if we continue the same course that we're on now as a country, by the year 2030, 50% of Americans will be obese. 
I'm going to say it's already probably there by now. Isn't that Especially amazing? in certain locations of the country, too. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit. I know, obviously, degree in naturopathic medicine and degree in nutrition and kind of, you know, the goal for you to kind of be healthy and share your thoughts and consult people to be healthy. What kind of led you into the industry that you're in now and doing what you do? When I was about 19 years old, I did not feel well, and I went to an urgent care, and the doctor was obviously a Western medicine doctor, which is what most people are familiar with, but he was also in something that people don't always like to talk about, but more Eastern medicine, more mm. holistic, because that's what it is. Uh, Western medicine is conventional medicine, conventional thinking. Eastern medicine is more holistic, where you look at someone has a headache, and you're not just thinking, okay, they need an aspirin, and that's going to take care of it. Many, many times a person having a headache, it could be an emotional response to something. Hmm. So it's so more assessing the cause rather than the symptoms. Exactly. Exactly. So when I went to see this guy and I said, I do not feel well pretty much every single day, hmm. what could it possibly be? And so, you know, he talked about my symptoms. I said, my stomach feels bloated. I'm just exhausted. I just, I don't think I looked very well. And so he started looking at the whites of my eye, which is the sclera. Mm. He started looking at my tongue. He started looking at, you know, just my overall skin and everything. He looked at everything. He looked at the physical, the emotional, probably even the spiritual. Like, mm. where are you going, young lady, in your, <laughs> on your path in to life? To in to life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what he saw was pretty scary. And after about 20 minutes of assessing all this, he said, you know, he asked me, he's like, what are you eating? You know, what are you drinking? Mm. You know, what are you doing in life right now? What's going on? And, you know, you're, I was in track and field and I was in a lot of different sports. And, and you know, he says, well, what you're doing is obviously not working for you. So you're going to have to change your course, change your path. Otherwise, you're not going to be around for long. Mm. And that was a frightening statement to me because, first of all, I was 19 and it made me think, what am I doing? Or like, what could I be doing? And he said, you need to change the way you're eating. And What was your diet consisting of at the time? Yeah, I'm going to say it was mainly those dead foods. It was fast food, but it's, it's really, it is fast food, but it's dead food. Mm. That's the big deal. Mm. And I didn't understand that then. I completely understand and I teach people what the difference between live food and dead food is. Mm. It's a very, very big difference. It's life-changing. So give our, give our listeners a little bit of, because, you know, the first time they're hearing this and they're hearing the idea of live food and dead food. And by the way, at any point in time, folks, if you want to join the conversation of some experiences you've had with your health, maybe, you, you know, it was off track, got back on or whatever it may be, send us a tweet. If you're on Twitter, send us a tweet out to at lean on the wall, again, at lean on the wall and help our listeners, Linda, understand the idea of what does that mean? You know, we're not necessarily naming names you know, for restaurants and things, but it's important that people know this because, you know, this is something that you're really proficient in, but a lot of people, it might be the first time they've heard of the idea of live and dead food. So what does that actually mean to, in layman's terms? So if you think about a carrot being pulled out of the ground and if you would actually brush off the dirt and eat that carrot, you're eating live enzymes, you're eating mm -hmm. something that is alive in nutrition and wellness and health. Once you boil, steam, microwave that carrot, now it's a different component on a cellular level. It's now the enzymes, the live enzymes, which are contained in there are severely compromised. One of my favorite things to look at is Krillian photography, which shows the life or the, I don't want to say the death, but maybe it is. It's a little bit of death of produce. Mm. And you could just Google Krillian photography and it's just- How is that spelled with a C? It's K. Okay. K okay yes. Spell K that for us. It's K-I-R-I-L-I-A-N. 
Okay. Krillian photography. Huh. And so it'll show the life. It'll show the glowing of that piece of produce of that live enzyme, the nutrients. And as foods are cooked, you see that that glow diminishes or it's completely gone. Mm. So in something like a fast food, there is zero. There's no glow. <laughs> there's no glow. The glow is gone. Yeah. So, and there's no afterglow. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So people can tell you, oh, there's health in this conventionally grown apple. Mm. But in truth, it's very little or maybe it's not even existing. Conventionally grown GMO as opposed to organic. Right. Exactly. So, you know, when you have something that's organic, then you're looking at, you know, food that the body can easily break down. The liver doesn't have to do a lot of work to, you know, assimilate mm. into the body for you to absorb the nutrients. Well, I know, and you had mentioned the idea that, which is kind of, I think, an interesting quote, says, when the body possesses energy, healing and repair happen quickly. And right. so, obviously, coming from those live enzymes, right, we're in a place where we're giving the body and the nutrition and the nutrients that it needs essentially to allow it to do what it does best, right? Which is heal and repair. Absolutely. So maybe to start thinking as fast food is basically tasty cardboard. It's not fulfilling any need that your body requires from Abs that. Absolutely. And what's also very interesting is the tongue is this, it's like a ballroom of taste buds. And if the ballroom is, if everything is dancing in there, then you know, you're feeling your optimal best. Mm. You know, mm. dead enzymes, it actually deadens those taste buds. And so, so they have to use MSG to make it taste better. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and you become used to that. I notice mm. when my clients would start incorporating juices and smoothies and stuff like that, someone would say, this doesn't taste good. Mm. But people that have been doing this for a while, they're like, this tastes amazing. Mm -hmm. And you notice the difference right away. I, I notice the people that are the most sick are the people that maybe some of these truly clean ingredients that would taste good to, you know, maybe the norm of healthy people, uh, they don't taste very good. And the taste buds have to evolve. The taste buds have to come back to life. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I don't, I know a lot of people will drink soda or pop or whatever you call it, depending on where you live in the country. Yeah. And that's just something that I've never really gravitated towards. And I'm thankful. You know, I used to, when I was in college, I drank Mountain Dew a little bit. But, you know, it's been a long time since I've really drank that. I mean, I'm just, I'd rather have water, you know, and it's not necessarily because there's anything good or bad per se. Obviously, we know soda is not the best for your body. You know, what's interesting, I thought, was this fact. You know, Linda, you were 19. You had some health issues. That caused you to kind of reshape, rethink, revisit how you're living your life, right? Which really exactly. led you into what you're doing now. But, you know, I think what's interesting is a lot of times, you know, folks when they're younger, 17, 18, 19, 20, early 20s, you know, the body is so resilient that a lot of these people are going 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour. Yeah. No sleep. No sleep. They're living right. unhealthy. They're, they're eating unhealthy. And it's not necessarily tremendously affecting them, so to speak. Now, it is affecting them long term, but you had the opportunity. I think it's kind of a rare situation that you experienced feelings that caused you to change your path. Is it something where, you know, if somebody is in a place where they've eaten unhealthy for quite some time and now they change? Is it going to be a hard dynamic to make that change? What have you seen with folks over the years? I've seen two schools of thought. When people totally embrace, when they, you know, not, it doesn't even have to be 100%, but I would say, you know, 80 to 90% embrace more of a live, live enzyme lifestyle of, mm. of food as far as food goes. You know, if they're incorporating, you know, more quality water, I wrote a booklet called The Seven Steps to Vibrant Body Health, and mm -hmm. maybe we're going to talk about that in a little yeah. bit. I would love to talk about it because it's so easy if you can consider these seven steps in a day. So there are people that had dis-ease that I was working with as clients. I mean, they'd come to me and they'd say, this is my dis-ease. 
whatever it is, it doesn't matter what the name is, if it's cancer, diabetes, lupus, MS, Parkinson's, mm -hmm. stroke. A lot of immune deficiency. Yeah. It's all the same. It really is all the same. It's all mm -hmm. acidic conditions of the body, and the body mm -hmm. is yelling out. And if it could have a voice other mm -hmm. than your own mm -hmm. human voice, it would say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? If you want to feel well, you're not doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the body wants to be well. Like I said, the body intuitively knows what it needs to do. Yeah. And you know, to be healthy, it's whether we're giving it the right ingredients. Mm -hmm. And to sum up the live enzyme ideal, it's raw fruits and vegetables, raw grains, raw nuts, right? And and uncooked, unprocessed, unpasteurized, and that's what's getting those enzymes into your body to give you the energy and healing. Exactly. One of the most frightening things I see because at our restaurant we sell fresh pressed juices, and they are press them in our juicer. And we pour the glass and we hand it to the person, which is very unlike a lot of places out there that say, oh, it's a fresh pressed juice, but it really isn't. It's been sitting on the shelf for two weeks. Mm. Well, let's be real. There has to be some kind of pasteurization or mm. preservative process in order for those enzymes to stay intact. It's allowed it, right. When you cut an apple in half, you know, begins to turn brown. Mm -hmm. The enzymes are at action being consumed. Within 15 minutes, right? Ex yeah. Exactly. So there has to be something to stop that. That's just a fact. Mm. So something has to prohibit that. And I think a lot of things that the FDA is approving right now, I don't even think they understand the full long-term effects. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, another thought that you shared I thought was good is you don't know how bad you feel until you feel good. And so thanks for joining us today. Yes. Thank you very much for having me here. It's been a an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, and Sammy, thanks for joining us as well. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, folks, that wraps it up for another edition of the Wealth and Health Show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you missed the first couple segments or you want to listen to any other shows, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the Wealth and Health Show. And until next week, here's to healthy living and have a great one. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wealth and Health Radio Show with Michael Wall. To schedule your own personal appointment, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. And to find out more about Michael and the Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. Investment advisory services offered through Wall Private Wealth. Wall Private Wealth and Wall Financial Group, Inc. are not affiliated. Hey folks, it's Michael Wall here. Just wanted to share a quick thought on how you can make a huge impact on someone else's life. As an active member of Christ Fellowship, I've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of top-notch charities. And it can be challenging sometimes to know where to get involved, either with your time, financially, or both, and then to be sure that your gifts and donations are really making a change. So I wanted to share with you an organization that has recently been ranked number one by Charity Navigator and is dramatically improving the lives of young people, Place of Hope. Place of Hope has been doing just what its name says, giving hope to young people since the mid-90s. I want to encourage you to visit placeofhope.com. Again, that's placeofhope.com to learn more and to see how you can help the cause of improving our nation one child at a time. It used to be that you worked hard, saved as much as you could, and then retired with whatever you ended up with. But now, life is a lot more complicated. You have to plan your retirement, not only to keep what you've earned, but also to keep your portfolio growing throughout your retirement years. And that's why you need to talk with Michael Wall and the team at the Wall Financial Group. They specialize in helping families protect and grow their wealth. They do that with a variety of strategies 
including advanced tax and estate planning. Give them a call at 866-943-2351 and see if you qualify for a complimentary Living Well Retirement Review with Michael Wall. That's 866-943-2351 or visit leanonthewall.com. Welcome to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker and author of two best-selling books and the president of three financial companies. Everything that we've created, the different companies, the different divisions, has all kind of been born out of a need. You know, it's not necessarily saying, hey, uh, let's go do this. It's, it's more so saying, you know, where is the need that we see and where are some places that we can fill that need and add value? And then we've kind of created solutions around it. He's also been a guest on several national media outlets like CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. He is also a dedicated husband and father and a big supporter of several local and national charities. Now, it's time for the Wealth and Health Radio Show with your host, Michael Wall. Welcome into the Wealth and Health Show. And again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. And uh, boy, we're going to have a great show today, Michelle. I know uh, each and every week's a lot of fun, having a lot of different guests on, talking about a variety of different things. This week, uh, we just so happened to have the Benham Brothers on. They have a, a real estate company. They had a deal potentially in the past with HGTV. Some things kind of went awry there. And kind of a really interesting story, what happened there. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. they also the author of Whatever the Cost and some other books coming out. But, Michelle, I know there's some other things you wanted to discuss today. And before we jump to that, by the way, folks, if you're first-time listener or if you've listened to us before and you want to catch previous shows you've missed, just go ahead and visit leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And as always, you can join the conversation by uh, connecting with us on Twitter. At Lean on the Wall is our Twitter handle, at Lean on the Wall. And Michelle, uh, I know some a lot of stuff going on today, a lot of stuff going on really in the world in general, and uh, some things you wanted to cover specifically. Absolutely. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you recently got the chance to head to Liberty University and speak to students there. Yeah, we really, what a great honor. I'll tell you, Liberty's been in the news in the past for, um, you know, all the good or bad, you mm-hmm. know, based on where you're coming from, the side of the aisle, whatever it may be. But, you know, there's just been a lot of great things that they've been able to do. Um, as a university right now, they're just exploding. We were mm-hmm. there back in the late 90s, and I went there for business and back there in the late 90s. But it has just changed tremendously. It's may, you know, when I was there just recently, Michelle, they have, I think it's like five or $600 million in building projects going on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, as far as the school, they have a couple billion, to my knowledge, in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with students on campus and online, I, I believe, if these numbers are correct, they're almost at about 100,000 students. Wow. Which is unbelievable. That's a huge, yeah, that is That's a huge. huge school, yes. Huge. So a lot of people don't know how big they are. They're enormous. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I grew up from in Penn State land, right? Right. Pennsylvania, <laughs> so big Penn State fan. I mean, the main campus of Penn State is big, mm-hmm. 55, 60,000 students, and then they have a bunch of surrounding campuses. Penn State's got a huge alumni, huge following, mm-hmm. great school, been around for a long, long time. And uh, but I thought what I thought was interesting is Liberty. You know, they've only been around since 1971. Right. It hasn't been that long. Hasn't been that long. So, you know, the growth that they've had has just been unbelievable. Now, most of that growth is online. Mm -hmm. Again, they got about 82 to 85,000, I believe, if I'm uh, looking at the numbers correctly, I could be wrong here, but around there online and then the rest is on campus. Um, So it's just kind of a neat story. But yeah, I had the opportunity to go there and speak with the students. 
just about living life, about the fact that, you know, life is tough. Yep. It really is. Uh, but when you're tough on yourself, life becomes easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when we focus on who is speaking into our life, and that's one of the things that we really enjoy about this show is having the opportunity to speak positive things and good things into people's lives. Not just talk about how to fix your finances and put your wealth in a situation where you're, you know you're going to be okay long term so you can ultimately do what you want to do. Uh, but to be in a place also where, you know, I, I love the quote from Dennis Waitley. It says where his focus in life is to plant shade trees under which he will never sit. Hmm. I love that. Right. Planting shade trees under which we will never sit. And if we, I think if we looked at it from that perspective, you know, and living life that way, instead of living life from a me, myself, and I, right? Right. But we looked at it from the perspective of, you know what, we're going we're gonna to look to add value in people's lives that are folks in the future that we don't even necessarily know. Obviously, we want to add value to folks we do know here and now. But if that's our focus, instead of just what can I do to get more for me, you know, we can mm-hmm. we can see way further and, and, and we're in a place where we can add value. So it was just a lot of fun seeing these kids, sharing these thoughts and just a great honor. That is amazing. And I, I love how you referenced that quote of mm. being able to plant that. Because that's really what investing is. A lot of times people think, well, mm. these are my investments and we're talking about money and we're talking about just products and things like that. But really being able to invest in the future and being able to create a legacy that you are going to be proud of. And that's when I think of investments, what mm. I think of, of really what the investment should be and would be. And then how do you, how can you turn that and make that so in your life? Well, I think that's important. And that's a great way to look at it, Michelle, because, you know, too often people with their finances, uh, I mean, obviously the goal for those that have, uh, that we're working with that have achieved a certain level of wealth, you know, the goal is to protect what they have, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Which is a big part of what we do. You know, we're not, even though I'm a little bit younger, I've been in the game for over 15 years now. We've had a great opportunity on the national scene and local scene to share thoughts in a variety of places just because of the great things that we've been blessed to be able to do. And, and I'm thankful to, to say that. I'm proud of what we've done, really, for folks. But, you know, protecting and growing wealth is important, as well as minimizing taxes, because you're right. I mean, money is nothing more than a library card. Mm-hmm. And if we manage it well, we can, we can give and be a part of things that really matter in life. And they really matter in life. You know, just watching our portfolio grow by X amount per year is great, but what's the point? Right. What's the point unless we're using it to add value? So that's one of the things that we often will talk about when we sit down with folks is, okay, let's talk about ways where we can improve what's happening here. You know, a lot of people just feel like what they're doing is the only way that's available to invest out there. And it's just not the case. You know, that's why we're always looking at new ideas and new thoughts. So how can we improve when we sit down and we have those conversations? But also, what can we do to be really um minded about giving back, right? Mm-hmm. Mission-minded, I, I like to call it, is is really giving back. What are we doing with our money to add value to other people, to other industries, uh, to the future, to folks that maybe we can't go out and reach ourselves personally, but maybe with some dollars we can, you know? And that's what we really want to do. I think when it comes to to what we have, that's what it's about. And, and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. It's protecting what you have so you can be able to go ahead pay it forward or mm-hmm. just be able to provide for your family. And that that's really the key. And even in providing for your family, that's paying it forward. That's right. Well, that's exactly right. You know, and it's not always just necessarily about, 
you know, leaving kids, mm-hmm. um, although there's nothing wrong with that, you know, obviously you set up the correct trust and have the right structures in place to make sure that things are uh, taken care of effectively. Because I'll tell you, if you just build wealth and then leave a bunch of money to your kids, you can ruin your kids. Absolutely. You can absolutely take uh, all of their desire, mm-hmm. all of their drive, you get away. You, you're actually, in my opinion, when you just do that, when you support your children and leave them a bunch of wealth, you're in a situation without, without putting regulations around it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you got to do that effectively. But if you do that, you're in a place where you can, I mean, you can really steal from them their purpose of living. Right. It's interesting you bring that up. I saw an interview recently between Gloria Vanderbilt and Anderson Mm -hmm. Cooper. Now, they are mother and son, and we all know that Gloria Vanderbilt was huge in her own right, and she comes from the Vanderbilts and the the railroads and all of that stuff, so there's a long line of money. But Anderson Cooper, in and of his own right, is a fantastic journalist, and he was telling the story about how his parents sat him down and said, you know what, we're not leaving you a boatload of money. We're going to provide for you to go to school and all of that stuff, but you've got to start making that living yourself. And he was talking about how grateful he was that his parents did that because it helped him really develop a great work ethic. Yeah. And that's missing in our culture today. I think too many parents are aiding uh, laziness in their future child. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not, that's why you see these kids. I mean, they go to college sometimes and they, they expect that, well, you know, the government should forgive my college debt or they should pay for this or they should pay for that. I mean, that's nonsense. Right. That's just nonsense. And, you know, when you're in a situation where you've worked for it, I think that's, again, we've talked previous, Michelle, but I think that's one of the great, uh, you know, people say, okay, what makes you different, Mike? Right. Because there's a lot of financial companies out there um, that manage wealth and do that. A lot of them. What makes us different? Well, I think one of the things that makes us uniquely different is I didn't go to work for a big company Mm -hmm. and they didn't give me an office and and give me a big salary or a salary and say, hey, here's a book of business, go work this and and build it greater, right? We started at one client at a time a little over 15 years ago, back in 2001-02. And so because of that, we have a unique perspective of what it means to build a business, what it means to build wealth and what it means to protect it. And I think that's important because when you work with someone, you got to ask yourself the question, how much appreciation does the person that I'm working with have for the wealth that, that they're managed of their own and even mm-hmm. of mine? Mm-hmm. That's really important. And if you haven't had that experience, then you don't have the appreciation of really what it takes to get there. And I think that's one of the unique value adds I really believe that we bring to the industry. And I'm excited to say that we have that. Absolutely. Let me give you the phone number so you can get in touch with Michael and the team. It's 866-943-2351. 866-943-2351. On the website is leanonthewall.com. Stay tuned. We're going to have more of the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall coming up next. Hey, folks. Michael Wall here. I want to take a moment away from the show to tell you about an organization that I believe is making a real difference in the world. Big Dog Ranch Rescue in Wellington is the largest no-kill animal rescue in the entire Southeast. Over the years, they've done an incredible job of rescuing thousands of unwanted dogs and puppies and then successfully placing those animals into loving homes. And I can tell you, that the adoptees who give the gift of life to these dogs see their own lives enriched in return. If you're looking for a worthwhile organization to support, 
I hope you'll consider Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And check them out at bdrr.org. That's bdrr.org. Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back to the Wealth and Health Show. We're joined this segment with some special guests. I've actually had a chance to connect with these guys. We were just at Liberty University uh, speaking, sharing. They were sharing on how their uh, just their story of success and all that's happened over their years of time in business. And the Benham brothers is who they are, Jason and David Benham. And they always uh, go back and forth and argue who's the better looking and who's the more talented. But what that is uh, yet to be determined. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Mike. And yes, David is much better looking than Jason. Not even a chance. (laughs) So folks, if you want to figure that out for yourself, you can go online and check out the Benham Brothers. They got a bunch of different sites. Uh, Benham Real Estate is their main real estate company. And guys, just a little accolades here. I guess you guys started your real estate group back. It sounds like in 03. uh, We're involved in professional baseball and different things. And for those of you who are not familiar with them, uh, their company was recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing real estate companies out there, Business Leader Media, as well as the Wall Street Journal, nationwide top five real estate brokers list. What's really interesting with their story is they had the opportunity with their success to uh, have a show potentially on HGTV. I'll let them share some of that. But guys, tell us a little bit about why you got into the real estate industry, a little bit of your history and kind of what brought you, I guess, to where you are now uh, as you are today in 2016. Sure. This is David speaking first. I'm the smart one of the two, not just the better looking. But Jason and I, we... (laughs) Uh, we graduated high school in 94, and we signed baseball scholarships to go to Liberty University. And, and from Liberty, we got drafted. I was with the Red Sox. Jason was with the Orioles. And it was during that time, you have so much time on your hands during the minor leagues. Uh, we started studying the Bible, but not just studying the Bible and reading the book of Proverbs and other things. We were reading books like The Millionaire Next Door, uh, Jim Collins from Good to Great, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, Think and Grow Rich, The Richest Man in Babylon, these books. And and we didn't realize it, but we had this entrepreneurial spirit that was really driving inside of us. And when we got out of pro ball, we decided to relocate our families to the Charlotte, North Carolina area. We just fell in love with the area during the minor leagues. And uh, we started a real estate company, and we had no business training. And as a matter of fact, when we were at Liberty, we studied American history of all things. That's basically <laughs> what, do you, what do you do just to wait to get drafted, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but but we were armed with biblical principles, and mm. we had studied the scriptures for so long, and and we had several principles that we listed in our book, but we had also really stoked that fire in us through some of these other books that we had read. So we. We thought, you know, let's be lifestyle entrepreneurs. Let's get into real estate. There's no ceiling there. It rewards your work, and it'll reward you as much as you want to work. And so um, Jason and I, we stumbled onto selling uh, bank foreclosures and then doing some property management and then buy and hold and then also doing flipping. And by 2010, we had 100 offices across 35 states. And so Jason and I say for us to take – credit for building a successful real estate company would be like a shovel taking credit for digging a hole. We just tried to be the sharpest we could be, and then the Lord really opened up a lot of doors for us, and we applied those principles, and it was supernatural in the marketplace. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you guys this. So, obviously, all of that growth, and and some of the topic we wanted to discuss today is how business has changed culture and culture has changed business, because what's interesting is the dynamic of the growth and success you've been blessed with over the years 
and kind of keeping the focus in the right place gave you the opportunity to have a show on HGTV. Tell us a little about just kind of a quick snippet on on where that came from, and uh, and then obviously that that ended up kind of getting shut down. But then God's really kind of blessed you guys. You've authored whatever the cost. We'll talk about that a little bit later and some other things. How did that all come about? Well, in, this is Jason. In 2012, um, after hearing about all of our uh, real estate accolades, HGTV reached out to us and wanted to know if we would like to do a reality show. And uh, it was interesting because about four other networks, it was five total that wanted to do a reality show. My brother and I, our families, our athletic background, uh, we work out a lot. I mean, I know you do too, Michael. You're a little bit better looking than we are, but still, <laughs> I keep up with you. And, uh, and, and our business, they wanted to cover the real estate aspect of that. Mm. And um, we mm. ultimately signed with HGTV. And through a period of about a year, uh, we began pre-production with them. We, we actually started filming five weeks uh, into filming. I mean, we were having so much fun. We signed a huge deal with HGTV. They were going to make us their marquee players. It was a mm. straight-to-series, full season of um, – uh, of episodes with with no pilot and uh, wow. so it was a huge deal we had endorsements coming in and my brother and i are are, are biblical christians we we believe life begins at conception marriage marriage between a man and a woman and and hg knew all of these things but then whenever they began to run commercials about our show a few activist groups found out that david and i were going to get a show and and you know in today's crazy culture, Michael, you're, you're not allowed to believe certain things. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some traditional beliefs that people have believed through the centuries, and uh, but now that's not so popular. And because of that, these activist groups put serious pressure on HGTV, and HGTV had to let us go. So it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, we wrote a book out of that describing our experience from the time we grew up to our business success, our principles on how we were able to grow our business, and then the same principles that we held on to to get us through that firestorm when we were fired in front of a watching world and lost millions of dollars. But uh, but God was still in control, and we give him the credit hey, Michael, for Michael, if I could jump in and just say something real quick. Um, but what's interesting is we had six families. We were doing a show called Flip It Forward, and when the cameras were gone after we had gotten fired, we apl- we had to actually apply one of our business principles about you always hustle through first base. When we were in baseball, if you hit a ball right back to the pitcher, you had a choice, walk to the dugout or hustle through first base. And we always learned you hustle through first base. And in the marketplace, even if you're going to lose money on a deal, but you've, made, you've given someone your word, you always run through first base. You finish the transaction. So Jason and I finished all six houses for free. We, we charged no commission, nothing. Wow. We finished it for these families. Fox and Friends took notice of that and put us on, and, and we had a chance to tell the nation, look, this is a business principle. We're not going to give up. We're going to run all the way through first base. It was really a fun story to finalize. Well, and I love that because, you know, I'm on your site right now. By the way, folks, if you want to check out more about Jason and David, go to uh, BenhamBrothers.com. That's B-E-N-H-A-M, Benham, BenhamBrothers.com. Uh, and you can check their site out. They wrote a book called Whatever the Cost. They have another book coming out here, I think, I believe, soon. Uh, what is it, Lions Facing the Lions? What, what do you, what's it called, guys? The book's called Living Among Lions. And, and there you we, go. Set, we tell people whatever the cost is our personal story. Living Among Lions is how you can build your story in today's culture. Uh, and that comes out June the 28th. 
Okay. Good stuff. And yeah, and, and on the site, again, it was, you know, you guys had the quote of, if our faith costs us a, a television show, so be it. And that kind of leads me into uh, just the idea of how business has changed culture and culture has changed business. I, and I totally agree. You know, you're in a situation where um, you want to be in a place where you're influencing culture and influencing people and really helping them strive and get the best. I love the idea that, you know, we should be striving to say no to the good so we can say yes to the best, right? So from from your perspective, how have you seen culture change and influence one to the other over the years? Well, uh, I mean, of course, everybody right now can see how culture is changing. Uh, mm-hmm. But what David and I uh, have realized that once we got into business, man, the beauty of being a business owner or, or, or being a contractor or you know, an agent, whatever it is that you are, when you're doing your own thing, you are in a productive uh, job. You are in the, the, you know, when God created each individual, he created us to be producers and not consumers. And when you're out there and you're producing things, you are able to operate at, at a very high level in a way that actually influences people, in a way that actually impacts culture. And then, through the impact of culture, you'll see it come back to you that will bless your business. Mm. And uh, and we talk about living inside out, that our responsibility as business owners is to be the right people. And when we do that, and when we are the right people, we'll do the right things. And uh, and so it's it's awesome the way that it's a cyclical effect. Michael, let me jump in. David speaking, Jason and I, we we do this when we speak and we consult. We we always just kind of bounce off of each other, but... I heard a quote one time that said, put a pauper in a palace, and the palace becomes a prison. Mm. Put a prince in a prison, and the prison becomes a palace. Mm. And so what that basically means is what's on the inside of you will dictate the culture on the outside of you. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be princes on the inside. First of all, as as men of faith, we, we want to be right with the Lord first, you know, faithful to our wives, faithful to our children in these things. Uh, but but also the environment on the outside, you know, in the business world, there's a lot of things that happen. I mean, it can get volatile very quick, and there's a lot of gray areas. But the environment on the inside of us should always dictate the environment on the outside, not the other way around. And this is what we're right. teaching our children. We teach our employees this, that the environment on the outside, even if it gets hostile or gets gray very fast, it cannot dictate the environment on the inside. So we talk, we call that living from the inside out, inside out living. And so when we are talking with our employees or even when we're in a transaction ourselves, we say, oh, now's a great opportunity to be inside out and switch the environment very fast. And I love that thought because, you know, you know, it's, really what it reminds me of is change, right? All change yeah. is not progress, but without change, there is no progress. And sure. what you're talking about is the ability to change and, and kind of continue to grow, right? Because I think being stagnant is not acceptable and grow. And, and from that growth, culture is affected. We have about another minute and a half, guys. I just kind of want to give you the last final word here. But from what you've seen over the years and kind of where you are now, obviously what happened with that HGTV contract and knowing you guys a little bit, um, it's, it's interesting how, you know, God really gave you that platform as far as from the media perspective. You guys were on a bunch of stations all over the country. Now you've, spe- uh, you know, really speaking here, there, and everywhere. What would you say if you were going to encourage another business owner out there that um, you know feels pressures of the world to conform or whatever it may be, whether it be from their faith perspective or just from the way the world is pressuring in general. 
any advice you would give them to kind of stay strong and stay tr- true, so to speak, to their principles and foundation beliefs? Yeah, we would say that the sweetest sleep is on the pillow of a clean conscience, mm. and that for us to bow down to the cultural pressures because we could lose our jobs or it might impact our P&L, uh, what we're doing there is we're forfeiting our consciences. We are, we are exchanging uh, a clean conscience for, for cash, and we shouldn't yeah. do that. And, uh, and we can tell you this, after having gone through it, a clean conscience is much better than cash in the bank. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, guys, I thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, hey, I guess the, the race to whoever's the best looking and most in shape can be decided by going to com, right? So just go ahead and check there. They can check you out. See uh, any other spots or things you guys will be speaking here soon that's exciting? Yeah, we'll be uh, at the Texas Eagle Forum with uh, former Governor Rick Perry and uh, Supreme Court Justice Roy Moore. And then Jason and I have got various other conferences we're speaking at across the country. And a lot of these churches are having us come in and do either business summits or men's conferences. So they can go to on our website, they can see our speaking circuit and some of the places where we'll be. And is that the best spot, benandbrothers.com? got it. That's right. Well, Jason and David, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, boy, what a great show and great thoughts and insight for folks out there that are business owners and just really striving to, uh, you know, live on point, live on purpose, really. So folks, again, we want to thank you for joining us. As always, each and every week, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com. If you've missed the previous show, go to leanonthewall.com and you can click on radio and media and subscribe to the show there or listen live each weekend at the variety of uh, stations that it airs uh, or join the conversation at Lean on the Wall as well. But until next week, here's to living well in life. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the Wealth and Health Radio Show with Michael Wall. To schedule your own personal appointment, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. And to find out more about Michael and the Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. Investment advisory services offered through Wall Private Wealth. Wall Private Wealth and Wall Financial Group, Inc. are not affiliated.